we are in um, something very fresh as a church, and for that we are just nothing but grateful. And I know if you're, um, you know, experiencing what what is happening in the worship, you will you will know what there's something different of God at work amongst us. There's more healings breaking out. Uh, there are changed lives. And honestly, sometimes we think the healing miracles are it, but they're not. The biggest change is a changed heart and a changed life. And uh, God is moving and he's growing his church. And um, we were talking about this and praying and preparing this week. We've, we've had leaders meeting um, in another place uh, this week. But we are just so grateful to the Lord. And all we can say is it's a move of grace, not works, so that nobody can boast. Because uh, it really is special. And we don't, we don't often, you know, we, when something special is happening, we get even more careful about how we live and what we say. And um, this message is coming out of that. In my kind of um, natural kind of gifting and calling, I always want to pioneer and I always want to move forward and advance the kingdom. It's just kind of, it's just who God has made me. But God has given us a word for today that is much more of a kind of uh, ensuring that as a church, we maintain the ground so that we can continue to move forward. So that we're not going to lose this wonderful freshness and move of the Holy Spirit And so I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to help me and you, um, me to preach and to speak, but all of us here and on the middle floor listening on the screens and and on the whole uh, visual, audio visual system, that the Holy Spirit will take his word and uh, make it known to us. So Father, we don't uh, depend on human gifts, we depend on you, Holy Spirit. And the grace gift that you give to equip the saints to serve you. And we invite you, Lord, to take your word and through your spirit work in our hearts and work in our minds so that we can serve what you are doing in this time with the encounters and the worship and the young people and the children and just the move of your spirit. So wonderful, Lord. And we just pray that in this time we will be attentive to hear what your spirit is saying so that we can partner with you with where you're going. In Jesus' name, amen. In the book of Acts, we, if you know your Bible, you'll know at the beginning Jesus spoke about the Holy Spirit being poured out. And that outpouring resulted in 120 believers who had followed Jesus during his life and ministry on earth experiencing God. The same spirit that was on Jesus came upon them. And Peter preached that first message on the day of Pentecost. 
and 3,000 were added to the church that day. And then after that moment, the enemy, after a while, sent persecution. You remember the apostles were thrown into prison and they were told that it's illegal to preach the gospel. And that persecution produced multiplication. So we've gone from addition, the enemy tried to persecute, we go to multiplication. Now the next thing that happens is the enemy tried to bring a lie and hypocrisy through a leading couple in the church, Ananias and Sapphira. And it was a moment of subtraction. If you read Acts 5, we've gone from addition to multiplication and then we've gone to subtraction because God was so, uh, well, he's in charge of the move of God that when people are hypocritical about this, in this area it was money, they kept back and hid what actually they pretended that they were giving and they were removed from the earth. And that's New Testament. That's New Covenant. So God is God. And it put fear and awe of God, a new respect of God, so that people trod, trod very carefully in the way they lived out their lives. And Peter said that this was something that Satan had put in their hearts to lie against the Holy Spirit. And that lie came out speaking to the leaders. So that, that, that was the reason. Satan was actually trying to disrupt the move of God through this lie that this couple manufactured. And uh, so we went from subtraction and the church still grew. And then in Acts 6, we see the enemy had another strategy to try and stop what God is doing. And isn't it important we realize that we have an enemy against every move of the Spirit? If God does something new in your life, the enemy is going to try and disrupt what God is doing. And if God is doing something new in a church, the enemy will try and disrupt what God is doing. Because he does not want to see growth. And this is all about a growing church. And so the enemy tries to bring in division. It's not all maths today, but we have gone from addition, subtraction, uh, sorry, addition, multiplication, subtraction, now division. And we have to look at this. Not as though we're looking at it historically, but may this penetrate our hearts, what's happening for real in the church. Because all scripture is God-breathed, carries the breath of God, and is living and powerful. So it's really important that when we read the word, we acknowledge it is the word of God. So we're going to read Acts chapter 6 and verse 1 to... Seven. Now in those days when the number of disciples was multiplying, 
there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of disciples and said, It's not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And this saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, I wish I'd practiced this, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they lay hands on them. Then the word of God spread, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly. Wonderful. And a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. It actually goes on to say that Stephen began to do many, one of those who was waiting on tables, began to do many signs and wonders that God was moving so powerfully in this waiting on tables ministry. We get an insight into the plan of the enemy and how that plan was stopped. And the challenges at this point is that we read here there begins to be two separate groups in the church. Now that could have been simply because of language, because a lot of the people who'd come to Jerusalem were Greek-speaking Jews, believers, but Greek-speaking. And there were the locals who were Jewish, you know, Hebrew-speaking Jews, And so the church were like divided through culture and language, but also they had an issue with preferential treatment. And the needs of one group of people weren't being met. And it certainly, we read here, it wasn't intentional from the leadership that these needs weren't being met. It's just that when you get more people more needs doing. It's not like an intentional, divisive action. And I think of um, the early church, and it excites me to see that the early church were known to be one heart, one mind, and one purpose together. So what defined the church, even though there were many, many thousands of people that were newborn and added to the church, they were one in Christ. And here we see two separate groups for the first time in the history of the church. And that is going to be a problem. Because where there are two separate groups, you've got a divided people. One pitted against another. Local against visitors who come to join the church. 
and you get all kinds of cultural challenges with different languages, different backgrounds, different histories, which is all relevant to every individual. However, all of us are children of God. And we are, we have to think biblically, we are one people in Christ. Our identity comes from him, not our history or background or culture. So culture, if Jesus is Lord, bows to Jesus. English or otherwise. Hello? So the English get louder and begin to praise him and shout their praises. And the Italians, they get less emotional because they begin to be constrained by the Holy Spirit. You see what I mean? Because we're all one in Christ where Jesus is Lord and he governs us and he changes us to be like Jesus. It doesn't mean you lose everything, but you do become more like Jesus. Because that's the goal, the character, the nature of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I thought about this challenge and I thought, guys, it might be a challenge for you right now, but just imagine the challenge of our brothers and sisters in Gaza and Israel right now. They are one in Christ, the believers. They're one in Christ. No difference. They've got all kinds of challenges you and I aren't facing at the moment, which is why we need to pray for Jewish and Arab believers from Gaza as well as from Israel, that they would stay united in Christ Jesus and not divide. Oof. So the challenge was very real in the early church. And Jesus' prayer needs to be fulfilled in reality in the local church. And he prayed that we would be one, didn't he? And that's what he's working out to fulfill. One new man in Christ Jesus. One new man in Christ Jesus. So there's this growing problem. And I'm overjoyed that we're growing as a church. May your people rejoice, Lord, that there's growth. I can imagine the 120 going, oh, I preferred it when it was smaller. (laughs) There was less mess. There were less kids. There was less to do. And uh, we've got thousands of people. God wants growth. He doesn't want to just leave you in a little comfort group. Churches of thousands is his vision. We can read it. It's his will. Wow. Large churches 
which means joy and problems. <laughs> I'm glad you're amused. Joy plus loads of issues. Okay, so we see somebody saying it's not fair. They're not getting the help that they need. Others saying, well, I'm all right. <laughs> I'm getting what I need. That's okay for me. And uh, the danger is we become two different kinds of people. And you know, I rejoice we're from many different backgrounds. I'm so happy you came. We heard a Hungarian testify this morning. I'm so happy that we are one in Christ Jesus. We're so happy you're here. But we have a few issues with growth. You might have seen the amount of children and young people. What a wonderful problem. What a wonderful problem. Coming under the influence of the word and spirit. What a wonderful problem. But when a problem which is real turns to a complaint, you grieve the Holy Spirit. Shall I say that again? When a problem turns to a complaint, you grieve the Holy Spirit. God hates complaining. In families, at work, for a Christian to complain, it actually means you're grieving the Holy Spirit, but you lose out. You won't enter into the things that God has for you if you're a complainer. And Philippians 2.14 says, do everything. Hang on, did that say really what a challenge that word is? Can you see? Even driving. Do everything. Washing up. Making beds. Serving in church. Do without complaining and disputing. And what was happening was that the problems had created uh, a wrong expression of how to deal with this issue. And the complaints started to rise up and the leaders started to hear. So so-and-so has got a problem with such and such. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's normal church life. I think that I can, we can get encouraged. <laughs> well, I'm greatly encouraged that this can be fixable. It's solvable. But it, unless people stop that kind of wrong complaint... Uh, things aren't going to work well for you or for the people around you. It's really important. The grace of God, you will kind of grieve the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. So, um, 
I think that there was a real issue in this church because people were missing out. And I think too, sometimes in a church, there are perceived problems that aren't real. So there are real problems and there are also perceived problems. And that wrong perception comes often from a wrong attitude. But whatever it is, we need to shut down complaining and do all things without complaining. And we need to remember that um, God always has a plan. And the leaders came up with the fix to the problem. And their fix was, well, don't look at us. The pastor just got happy. Don't look, don't look at us. And I think this is the most brave thing for any leader to do, saying, we can't fix this because we need to keep devoted to the word and prayer. That's our call. That's the way we serve you. We serve the Lord in the word and prayer. That's our ministry. And any leadership that changes this mandate, actually it'll stop what God wants to do in a church. But they say we've got an organizational fix. This is the answer to the problem, organization. Now, how many of you have ever heard... um, some Christians say, and then none of them are in this room, organization is wrong in a church. It's a bad thing. I've heard people say that. That we shouldn't organize God's church. Well, I think that's wrong. God is an organizer. He actually planned the day you were to be born. I'm talking planning. He planned where you would live today. He planned so that you would know him. He had plans for your life. He's an organizer. He organizes sunrise, sunset. He organizes a universe. I think he's a planner. Not only all of that, he organizes church. He sets individual members in what he calls the body of Christ. It's one of the symbols of church is we are a body. So like the human body, my hand isn't currently in my shoe. Because it wants to be. It it is set. Praise God. My hand is set here on the end of my arm, not on my foot. God orders church. He sets people in place. And he also, if you think of a body, a body has a skeleton. Or we would be a blob. No skeleton, blob. It enables the body to move. So organization and structure enables a moving, working body. 
not a blob. I know this isn't, this is pastor's talk today from the word of God. But if we don't see that organisation is of God, we will resist the answers that God has for a move of God. Serious consequences, aren't there, to understanding the things of God and not saying, no, no. There is an over and over organisation where you actually restrict a move of God. But when there's growth, there has to be increased organisation so that we can work effectively. It's easy with 120. It's very difficult with 3,000. But what made it easier is that people's hearts were for God. It made organisation a joy because people devoted themselves to prayer. They devoted themselves to the ministry of the word. They devoted themselves to fellowship and meeting together and breaking of bread. Wow, what a church. But they still said we'll be meeting there then and we were doing this. There's still organization and structure. So to fix this issue, this problem, they organized differently and they said the plan is what we're going to do is ask you guys to choose more people to serve choose people who are of good reputation oh I think that's so important do you know what a good reputation is you'll show up when you said you'd show up have you ever pl- employed anybody that doesn't show? <laughs> Fix something around your house and they didn't show? I mean, they're not going to get a good reputation. You, you keep your word. You, you do what you say. Like Jesus said, let your yes be yes. And you know we know. I'll be there. I'll be there. Unless, of course, I contact you and say, my car's broken down. I just can't get in. That's different. That's different. And Ephesians 4.16 says something that is so important for us. Because we are a body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which each part does its share. Let's say that out loud. Each part does its share. What happens? It causes the growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. It causes more growth. It's amazing that if you will do your share and I will do my share, it makes everything grow. The growth continues To glorify God, because growth does glorify God. Because each part is doing its share. These people were filled with the Holy Spirit of good reputation. So, um, I'm just going to demonstrate here. This is a practical ministry to lay these things out here. 
Somebody did this. Who did that this morning? She's not in the room. Was it Catherine? Debs and Haley. Thank you very much for serving again. Um, and that is very practical, but it's like they're believing. It's a sign of who they are and what they believe in. They believe that as people take communion, there's going to be a release of God's life and power. And so they're happy to put these things, practical things, with spirit-filled people. I love the body of Christ. Each part doing its share. And I think what bothers us most as leaders is when we see one part doing three shares. And this should not be amongst us. That we don't love one another enough to play a part. Because it's an issue of love. Pastor Colin, who started Kingdom Faith, was our apostle. He's with the Lord now. He had this comment, and I think it's well worth quoting. He said, experiences are needed. So in other words, encounters, healings, uh, answered prayer, the things that God is doing amongst us, they're needed. If it's genuine, it will translate into loving people. If it's genuine, it will translate If God is doing something in our lives, it'll translate in the way that we bless and serve others. He used to say, I've met with God, I've had an encounter with God, but then he would say, ask Caroline if I've changed. That was his wife. Because you were saying, my relationship with God, if it's real, is going to work out in the way I love and serve my family. Jesus is intensely practical. And he says, he said, some of the most powerful words to me, it pierces my heart every time. I am not among you as one who is to be served, but to serve. I'm among you. This is the one who's here present, the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. He's saying, I am among you as one who serves. And he said, the greatest in the kingdom are the servants. Those who are willing to take up practical ministries so that the move of God can continue. Say, I'm loving this. (laughs) Loving this. This is the word of the Lord for us today. God's word. May it impact all of our lives. May it not miss you because you are in a funny place and not really wanting to accept what God is saying. I believe that God wants to affect all of us through his word today. The result, I don't know if you read, remember what we read just a few moments ago. The result was, this saying pleased everyone. I'm in faith today. The, the, 
what we're saying from the word of God is going to make you all happy. No, I'll go the other side. Maybe the, maybe the joy will hit here first. This saying pleased everyone. Oh, no, we don't want two sides. This saying pleased everyone. Brilliant. Division can ha- happen just because somebody doesn't serve. Because it can create angst. It can create relational problems. You know it in the home. Say, uh-huh, uh-huh. So if somebody's over-serving, the one who is over-serving goes, mm, starts to have a problem. And it's a genuine problem that needs fixing. So let's organise the family so that we... Do our share. And the problem will go away and love will manifest itself in that family home again. Jesus' ways are always the highest and the best. Love serves. Love gives. But it's also receptive. You're receiving as well. Uh, Pastor Andrea had this phrase when we were praying. If you eat at the table... You help out in the house. If you eat at the table, the food, you help out in the house. Isn't that a great functioning family? That where children are old enough, that they help out. That they don't just have mum and dad doing, because we're not creating problems in their future. We're training the next generation that if you eat at the table, you help out in the house. Well, what about church? The food is the word of God. You're eating. You're experiencing the worship. You're experiencing the body serving you. Well, help out. It's not rocket science, is it? We all understand how these dynamics work in the family home. But you see, if we've been trained that church is about coming to a meeting on a Sunday, hearing a message and popping home to just carry on with our lives, we haven't got the mind of Christ yet on what the body of Christ is here for. And that is partly to serve one another so the whole body can grow and become edified and Jesus will get the glory. It's a changed way of thinking. And backgrounds and culture and preferences have to come under the word of God, Jesus Christ, as Lord of our lives. So the fruit was, everybody was happy. Honestly, I think that's a move of God in itself. Oh, goody, let's serve God by serving in the church. I mean, they were so happy. But the fruit as well, it's an amazing list. The word of God spread. More people were saved as a result of people serving in church. 
You don't think what you do here affects out there, but it will. In God's economy. More people were saved and added to the church and there was an increase of miracles, not just from the leaders, but through the body. That's God's vision for church. That ordinary believers do extraordinary things through the power of God's word and spirit. Ordinary believers do extraordinary things through the power of God's word and spirit. And they do it in the serving. In the place of a servant. And I put it to you as I put the same word to me. Because we're all called to serve. Just different in outworking. Am I willing to be among you as one who serves? In the role of the ministry of the word and prayer. Prayer for me, that's our role as leaders. I believe that I am. In whatever way that I can be, I want to be faithful in that ministry. But I also know that we need every part, every person as part of this move of God. Because if you will do your share, people won't get burnt out and overworked. And it'll facilitate a move of God into our community because that's where God wants to move and seeing people saved. And this is the word of God for us. And it's all an expression of He loved us first so that we now love one another and we lay down our lives to serve each other. In whatever role God sees fit to give us. Wherever it's needed. You know, these guys who served this morning and put this together, the communion, they're in the worship team constantly. So actually, it would be better if other people stepped in so that they could be devoted. Hello? That's just one, the same servant serving all the time, that needs to continue, but with a lot more help. And I believe that this isn't like a word, like a school teacher. I believe it's from the heart of God and the mind of, of Christ. How much do we really want a move of God? Do, do we really want to change our, our communities for, for Jesus? Well, I need to do my bit. I need to be sharing the load so that together we can see the church build and the world reached for Jesus Christ. The end is not far away. We are in the last minutes on God's clock before Jesus returns again. And we are here for such a time as this. But we see that church, which is what Jesus is building, I will build my church, is all part of each part building one another. 
But we also need the Holy Spirit in every ministry, on the door team, with the children and young people, in the sound. We need you filled with the Holy Spirit. We need those who serve communion and the connect group leaders. We need everybody. Clean, open up, close the building. Everybody filled with the Spirit, not filled with complaint. Uh, the Holy Spirit does not complain. Complaint isn't one of the fruits of the Spirit. <laughs> you can tell when you're full of the Spirit, you stop complaining. Oh, and I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> In everything, do everything without complaining. I'm so, my heart is for you, but I know that there are some here that need to step into a place of service today and give God their yes. And just say, I'll do anything, Lord. I'm yours. You saved me. You gave your life. You sacrificed everything for me. I'll do anything for you. And in that attitude, may we respond to what God is saying to us today. Shall we stand? Praise God. Has it pleased you to hear? Yeah, you're hearing with joy from the word of God today. Father, thank you for your word. Uh, it's a perfect word, but maybe imperfectly presented. And I pray for your grace, Lord, in, in all of our hearts to accept the word happily, willingly, that it would work effectively in us who believe. I just want to thank you for the growth again. Thank you for the move of your spirit. But may the move of the spirit translate, as Pastor Colin said, into, into loving people. May we see this is what you're building and it's the most important build on earth, that you are building your church, your body, the ones who are called out to serve you. And you said the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Deliver us from the divisive tactics of the enemy so that when people have needs and teams have needs, I just pray, Lord, that we won't have this complaining spirit amongst us. Deliver us from that sin. Forgive us, Lord, if we have stood and complained about what's been happening where things haven't worked well. Lord, we want to fix problems in the right way. And I thank you that you are enlisting a fresh crop of servants, just as you did in that growing church. Servants who would serve in the power of the Spirit. People of good reputation who would do what they said they would do. And that they would be wise in the things and the ways of God. Thank you for this new enlisting that's going out. And also um, the old call in those of us who have been serving. May it be refreshed in us. So that we give you our full yes again. And do it out of love for you, not out of duty. And begrudgingly. 
I just want to thank you for those who have joined us recently. I thank you, Lord, that they see that this is a biblical church, that this is the way that we actually pattern church life through the word of God. And I pray, Father, that they would come and help us to build something great for your glory, that each part will do their share. And we take our place as members of the church, serving and giving in the place you call us to serve. Thank you, Jesus. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Kingdom Faith Southwest. For further information, log on to kingdomfaithsw.com.